is your name. I want to do one thing, if I can, before we continue. I want some of you just to quickly slide over here with Robbie and Melissa. I love y'all. And they have sold their home and have moved to Auburn, and they'll be in and out this summer, we pray. <laughs> and But they're transferring to a new city. And I'm going to tell you what, Auburn's church has just got a lot better because they're going to receive one incredible family. Robbie has served our church well as an elder for several years. Robbie and Melissa have been with us for about 11 years. They came to us, no kids, they leave with three. <laughs> Melissa served on our staff as children's minister, and they've served in so many roles. I mean, uh, just raise your hand if you've been touched by the ministry of the Taylors. Yeah, and that's just the people in this service. Let's pray a blessing. Father, thank you for Robbie and Melissa Taylor. God, thank you for Maddie and for Nate and for Lucy. God, thank you for their family and that Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives and their home. God, I thank you for how they have served you. And as they've served you, they've served us with joy and with love. God, they've showed us how the gift of hospitality works. I thank you that, Lord, you have given Melissa an incredible gift of that. Lord, I thank you for her love for the children as she's ministered to them and to women. God, I thank you for Robbie, for the men that he's met around the table with on Friday mornings. I thank you for the countless numbers in this body that he's been an elder to, for the things he's taught, for his enthusiasm, for his leadership. God, we praise you for his gentleness on the elders' board when we need it. We thank you for his correction and wisdom when we needed that. God, we just pray an incredibly rich blessing over Robbie and Melissa today, God, that you would protect and bless their union, that you'd protect their beautiful children and keep them safe and give them an incredible future. And when we think tailors, we think friends of God. Lord, thank you that they've served us. May we continue to fellowship in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, what is your name? I've been thinking about this subject, and uh, I love the way they did that with T-shirts and Attic and Lonely and Ashamed, HIV, Bankrupt. I can't even remember. I mean, there's so many. But then I, I got to think about another one. In our house yesterday, the word was graduate, a new one. 31 years ago, Don and I walked across the stage of our high school, not even liking each other, not aware that the other one was there, because we didn't date in high school. And, uh, man, I was like, wow, three decades. And now our baby has joined that host of Jessica and Ian and, you know, Adams and, uh, yeah, Adams, you look, Adams wanted to hold his hand up. And, I mean, there, there's just so many of you, Josie and, uh, Y'all help me with some names. I'm going, who? Y'all, Trisha, how'd I forget you, sweetheart? And just on and on. There 13 of them listed last weekend. And they have a new definitive name, graduate. I've made it. Not really. You've just begun. You know, I'll be 50 in January. I know. I look much younger. But, haha, <laughs> I'm married much younger. But not really. We graduated again. But as I think about it, man, I've been... A lot of names. People call me a lot of names. I have a host of nicknames we will just keep between me and some of my close friends of the past. Some of them I don't particularly care, and some of them don't need to be ushered from this stage. And uh, But what are you talking about? You have names too. 
But names, name, names are powerful. And we don't have a lot of time because the body life, I, I just got caught up in another heaven. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I hope that was powerful to you. But I, I want you to move with me quickly. Open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 32. Rob Bell referred to this passage all through his presentation. Uh, as we look there, it says, But Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him all day till daybreak. What is your name? Striving with God. And I've been contemplating it all week. Striving with God. How many times have you and I been people that have struggled? Sometimes even wanted to run. And we know from the book of Jonah, you, you run from God, you run into God. But I think about how many times I will struggle in the future. How many times I will strive in the future because I want my will. And God says, not my will, but your will, God, be done on earth as it is in heaven as we went to the Lord's Prayer and we struggle with these things. But I want to just show you some things as I've tried to study this this week. So get ready to write and hopefully you'll catch the heart a little later. But let's just fill this in. A lot of scriptures, they're not going to come up on the screens. There are references there, so you don't even have to write them, but maybe just write a key word. But listen to the word of the Lord. The wicked, the wicked folk, they, they've always strived with God. They ignore God. They blow God off. They're, they're so full of themselves. But as I was looking at that, here's some things they do. They resist the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, it says, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. That's just like the wicked folks. They just are stubborn. They're rebellious. They're callous. Look at the next one. Arguing with God. But who are you, O oh man, to talk back to God? And I thought, how many times in our lives have we talked back to the Holy One, the one that sets the future, the one that is omniscient, the one that is the Alpha and the Omega, the one that is in total charge, sovereign king of the universe. And we argue with him. Oh, you're saying, well, I don't argue. Well, just look at your kids. Have your kids ever argued with you at least once a day? <laughs> yes. And how many times have we argued with an awesome heavenly father? And look at the next one, through unbelief. All the Israelites, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. If we had only died in Egypt... If we'd only just departed in the desert, isn't that just like us? God does miraculous things and we go, oh, wicked, oh, woe is me. God, I should have died. God, I shouldn't have made it. And God gave you grace to make it to where you are. And then we they, they talked of stoning them. And he says, but you refuse to believe in me. I've done these incredible things. So here it is, by attacking God's people. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will find yourselves fighting against God. How many times have wicked people and even righteous people tried to attack God? It shouldn't be so. And all these references, you need to go and read them in total context. But I want to move through this with you. But Jacob strives with God and he represents the conflict within himself. And I want us to focus there for a moment. All of us have an internal struggle before we come to Jesus Christ. We're sinners. We're wicked. We're unrighteous. We're immoral. And we, and we struggle. And even after we come to know Jesus Christ, there's still a carnal battle going on within the heart of man and woman, boy and girl. And we just go, man, I, why is it so? I don't want to be like this, but I am. And the Apostle Paul addresses it in the book of Romans. And it's like we have a Jacob-like nature. It's called the flesh. And there's nothing good about your flesh and mine. As I've said so many times, our hearts are wicked and deceitful above all things, said the prophet Jeremiah. But in chapter 31, just write this down, I thought it was interesting. In chapter 31 of Genesis, you find death. Death seems to be the focus. In chapter 32, you see burial. Burial. But in chapter 33, there is 
resurrection. That's just like it. You see, as I've studied Scripture for the last 33 decades plus, as, as I look at it, God is concealed in the Old Testament. Christ is concealed in the Old Testament. He is revealed now in Jesus Christ. And as we look at the story of Scripture, as we read in context of what Holy Scripture teaches, we, we see Christ. He's just hidden. And as we have the Spirit of Christ, we begin to see Him. So here He is, you know, 20 years earlier, uh, Jacob is struggling for the blessing. And he's, he tricks him and he, and he gets the blessing. And in and, and, and 30, chapter 31, he's materialistic. He's after a woman. He wants money. He wants all these things. And then he begins to change. And, and we see that. But the righteous strive with God. Let's fill that in. Look at the block there. With a discipline of prayer. I talk to Christ followers all the time. They go, that is the number one thing I struggle with. I struggle with really having an effective prayer life. That's one of the reasons I've set out to write a book in 08. And it might carry into 09. But pray for me as I try to seek the mind of the Lord and things that He's been teaching me these years about prayer. Because I think if our body can get into the heartbeat of the Father, it will be around prayer. And so God says they struggle. And Isaiah says, no one calls on your name. They strive to lay hold of you. For they've hidden your face. For you have hidden your face. For you have made us a waste away because of our sin. And the next one is the righteous struggle for God's purpose. Rick Warren has made multi-millions of dollars writing about the purposes of God because... Basically, people and Christians definitely know, want to know the will of God. They want to know the purpose of God. It can be contained in the Word of God. And that's what I love about Rick Warren. He's so uh, applicable. He's so practical. And that book is full of the Word of God. Four, five, six hundred scriptures minimum. You, you can read it. It could become a classic devotional as part of your devotional life. But there's purposes that God says. In Exodus, listen to this. It says, I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name. He has brought trouble upon the people, and you've not rescued your people at all. See, God promised deliverance, and he always delivers on what he promises. But there's this resistant, struggling heart for a believer. We struggle to pray. We struggle with his purposes. If we could be honest today... In this room, people would go, you know, I'm struggling with the purpose of God in this situation. And we just need to bear in and hold a little tighter and, and find out who he is. And then the third one here is we struggle for righteousness. Acts says, so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and before man. God has put within us a conscience, and our conscience gets uh, supersized, if you will. Our conscience gets greater. It gets more aware of sin when we get the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, does your conscience ever bother you? Wait a minute. Does your conscience ever bother you? If your conscience doesn't bother you, then you're like what Timothy says. Your conscience has been seared. You've sinned so much, you've hardened so much from God, you've just chosen to go your own way. That'd be a horrible place to be, wouldn't it? To not be bothered by sin. So, let's move to this. I want you to see this. Jacob's name means trickster. He's a trickster. He's a schemer. He's a player. He's a swindler. There's nothing good about the name Jacob when you look at the meaning of Jacob. In Scripture, as you read there in the 32nd chapter, that they cross uh, across there, and then he goes, and he was left to be alone, and he begins to wrestle with God, and, you know, what what is this big wrestling thing? We'll talk about that. But he's thinking, hey, uh, Esau is the problem. Esau is not the problem of Jacob. The problem is Jacob. We, we're the problem. We have found the enemy and we have found the enemy to be us. 
It's us that sins against God. It's us that sins against each other. And, and Jacob here, he's a cheater. He, he's all about trickery. So he, he struggles. And as you read that story, you've probably seen it all through the years. But uh, if we look there, we see where the man wrestles with God, with a divine messenger, an angel of God. I, I believe it was God himself. And God initiated. God will come after you to unsettle you. You're like, well, that's not the God I know. Oh, yes, it is. Has God ever come after anybody besides me to unsettle me? You know what? It just shows me how much he loves me, that he hasn't forgotten me. He doesn't forget my name. He doesn't forget the purposes he has for my life and your life. And there's a situation here. And Jacob was drawn into the situation. And they had a match. Who do you think won? Who always wins? Ultimately, God will always win. Now, he'll let us have our way. He'll let us do some sin stuff. And he might take us off the planet prematurely or he, he might severely discipline us or, or we might just die this death that we might not have done had we decided to live for Christ. But the backdrop of this story is Jacob tricks his father for the blessing. He takes the birthright. Anything about Old Testament history is they wanted the birthright. The birthright was everything. The birthright meant popularity. It meant influence. It meant power. It, it just meant everything. We, we've lost that in our generation. We, we say firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, tenthborn, whatever, and that's all. They're all special. But the birthright was everything, and he tricked him out of the birthright, and, and he went for that. And, and, and so, he, so, so because he tricks him, he is scared all his life of his brother Esau. He's like, man, I can't go near my brother. I took that which rightfully belonged to him. I put the, you know, the, the, the fake hair on my arm so I could brush up against my dad so he might think it's my hairy brother, but it wasn't. Him, it was really me, and I, I, you know, you read that great story. Just read the Old Testament, and you'll you'll see the story there. And yet, he's a schemer. And in this encounter, God forces Himself on Jacob. So, I just want you to think this morning for a minute. What is your name? What is your name? What does your name mean? The name I keep thinking about is I hope we'll all say is Christ follower. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. I follow Him. So when we strive, we struggle with life situations, and and God draws us to Himself. I was thinking about the Old Testament. Here in Genesis, God lets Jacob struggle in a wrestling match. Another story in Scripture, Moses, he struggles at the burning bush. And through Scripture, you can just find where different men and women of faith or came to faith where they struggle with God. But here's the thought that keeps coming to me. God wants to engage you and me. God wants to speak to you and me. As I was finishing up study, I just wrote down some questions. You might want to write these down. I don't know where you're going to write them, but write them. These are questions that just came flooding to my spirit. Number one, how is the Lord speaking to me? As I struggle with God, how is God speaking to me? You best position yourself under the Word of God if you want to hear God speak. Number two, am I comparing myself to others? Am I comparing myself to their spiritual successes, their spiritual victories, their spiritual promotions, or just their life and their possessions or, or their family or on and on and on? Third, have you come to terms with who you are? This is who God has made me to be in Jesus Christ. Have I come to terms with that? And the fourth one, how much pain am I in? We all need to identify with that. Some of us in this room are in a lot of pain. And we don't need to fake it. We're, we're just in pain. We don't have to stay there. But we say we're in pain. And the last one, I thought this was really good. Who are you at a deeper level? As you drill into the core of who you are, who are you at the deep level? When nobody's watching, when you're having your worst day, who are you? You're like, 
I don't like me. Does anybody not like themselves besides me when you really have a bad day and you begin to let some stuff surface from your heart? Does, you, you do? Well, thank you. And you, thank you, Doug. And Pat, Candy, Donna. How about over here? Any of y'all don't like yourself? Ready? You, yeah, okay. I just want to make sure y'all, Rick, you, you always like yourself most of the time. Okay. All right. See, I mean, the, the bottom line is we, we struggle. I mean, have you ever, have you ever been amazed about how sinful you are? And how you have the propensity to go wicked real quick. It's a little scary. And have you ever noticed how quick you can turn it off? The phone rings and you can go from an argument to, Hi! How are you doing today? I mean, it's like, everybody looks at you like, Who is that hypocrite? It's amazing. You, you just turn it off like that. And you can turn it back on. You go, but it's just my kids. It's just my mate. It's, it's just my boss. It's, it's just my life. It's just the economy. It's always just something. It's what's happening in our hearts here. So let me look at this with you. This is important. So Jacob's name means trickster, but Israel, God says, I'll give you a new name. And it's Israel. And Israel means power with God. I love that. Agreeing with God. Power. God wants to give you now the name of power. We're power believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. It indicates a change in character. Jacob was forced to look into his character when God asked his name. So this morning, let's take an Old Testament story and let's say, God, when you ask, what is my name? I have to drill within and look and see who I really am. And I pray that we go, I like who I am becoming in Jesus Christ. I have not arrived. I'm on a journey. I'm not there yet, but I'm on a journey. And it's becoming more like Jesus. And I hear his voice. So as we look at that, let's move through here. So we're broken by God. Jacob was a deceiver prior to his encounter with God. And before we embrace God in his grace and mercy, we are called sinners. See, we're sinful. We've fallen short of the glory of God. That's what Romans is all about. And we don't make the mark. So God says, you are a sinner. Now you are a child of God through faith in my son, Jesus Christ. He gives us a new name. You were a pagan. You were unbeliever. Now you are Christian. Now you are Christ follower. How many of you love that new name that God gives you? Isn't that awesome? God gives us a new name. Some of you are like, you know, I've been contemplating changing my name. Because, you know, you're, you've maybe not lived your life well with that name, and that name has been used in a lot of bad ways. I'd say change who you are within through the power of Jesus Christ. You know, quit blaming other people. So many times... I know I, I want to do that. We probably all do. We, we want to blame others for, for why we are the way we are. But Jacob gets a new name, Israel. He gets a new walk. In 1979, Donna and I got married at Eastern Hills Baptist Church. And as she walked down that aisle for me, for me, I, I'm still not sure why, but for me, she came with 400 witnesses. Isn't that right, Kathy? You and Mom all were there. And she came for me. And, and, and she came in that aisle, we repeated our vows, and on that day, she changed her name. She changed her name for me. She took my name. She went from being at almost the end of the alphabet to almost really to the end of the alphabet. She went from a Sneed to a Waldrop. And she took on the name Donna Waldrop. And every time I see her name today, I go, wow, the two have become one. She takes on my name. She... So I'm like, man, I gotta make sure we got a good name. And then God gave us these two things called girls, and they have our name. There's something that's occurred to me over the years. Their name is gonna change one day. Yep, I know. Just the sad reality of it. 
But the thing is, I hope that they always will have a good name. When we get saved, we get a new name. It's just a story of grace. It's an awesome story. And Rob, in this video, and I'll do it quickly, he says, embrace your story. Embrace your history. We all have history. Uh, if you read the Rick newsletter from Jonathan Flahive, he talks about, this is who I was. I'm not even going to tell you what it was. It's not very glorifying. But then he talks about who he became in Jesus. And it is awesome. It's a story of redemption. You see, I pray that our story has the up and up and the down and down and the in between. And we just come in here and give glory to Jesus. And God just changes people. And you're like, do you know his story? I don't know his story, but I know who she is today in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? You're saying, well, I can't believe they go to church. We ought to be praising God they go to church. I mean, a lot of people don't go to church because we make fun of them. Well, if you come to our church, man, we'll have to close it. <laughs> Why? You come? <laughs> okay, just a thought. Okay. So what is your name? Hear the voice of Jesus. And, and then this thought at the end, I just want you to see, Jacob slowly limps off there in verse 31. He, he's, he limps off into the sunrise. God's touched his hip. So he, it's, it's got all kind of spiritual illustrations there, but I want to say this. He walks off. The independent, rebellious, sinful Jacob walks off with a limp. But he hangs on to God in the match earlier until he gets the blessing. He, he wants the blessing of God. And, and here's my thought. I want you to write this down. This, I don't even know where I got this, but this is, I really like this. Are you known by your lip or by your limp? Are you known by your lip because you give a lot of lip service? Are you known by the limp where you've been broken by the Spirit of God? And that causes you to walk a little differently. Maybe not physically, but spiritually you've been broken. This is the story of grace. And God's people said, now I just want to share that with you. And, and then I, I just want to invite my friend Richard who's going to come to the keyboard. And I just want to say, who am I? I was just, I've been thinking about this all week. You know, I am graduated. I am child of God. I'm this, I'm that. But something that uh, I, I, I just, I want to share this with you. This is, this is so good. Here's who we are. I am in Jesus Christ, the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am a child of God. I'm part of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life. I am a slave of righteousness. I am a son of God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I am God's workmanship. I am righteous in Christ Jesus. And we can just go on and on through the scriptures because there's so many to talk about this. Who are you? I pray that you go, I've been struggling with God and I've been the knee and I yield to Him. I want to start again. For me, that happened at a college campus. For others, it started in a coffee shop. For other, others, it's, it, it's happened at the knee of their mom and dad. For others, it happened at Bible school. For others, it happened at a youth retreat. For others, it happened in a Sunday school class. For others, it happened in a small group. For others, they pulled, their, they pulled off the side of the road. As I heard when uh, Rick and Bubba were doing a thing, when his son had, had died in that tragic thing, and people just pulled off the side of the interstate and gave their life to Jesus. I, I don't know where it happens. It doesn't matter where it happens. It just needs to happen. So let's bow. Lord, I pray that today some people would consider coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And they would just bend the knee and the heart and say, Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. And I've tried to do it my way and I have wrestled with you. And I see now from the story of Scripture that I'm never going to win because you're stronger. And Lord, I want you to become greater and I want me to become less. So this morning, friend, would you just cry out to Jesus Christ 
and say, Lord, I repent. I turn from sin and I look to you. And I need you as my Savior today. Would you come into my heart and dwell by faith and be my Savior and Lord? Take my life. Shape it. Form it. Use it for your glory. I want a new name. I want to be called your child by faith. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, and I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. If you prayed that prayer, I invite you just to walk over to the cross in just a moment. Just walk over there. There'll be an elder or elders and, a, and some wives over there, and they'll say, hey, we'd love to pray for you. Or maybe there's something else. You're just saying, I'm struggling. Matter of fact, that's what's coming to me. Somebody right now, as we come to the end of this service, if, if some elders would go over to the cross, and maybe somebody in this service is just struggling, and I've identified something, the Holy Spirit has lasered something in your life, and you just go, I need prayer. I struggle. And uh, I just saw a, a man of God that I love. I just saw in the shadows. I just saw Robbie walk across there. Maybe somebody want to go there and just say, you, Robbie, I just want to tell you I love you, and I want to pray for you. Or, Robbie, would you pray for me? But just receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.